Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. There's only one thing I know about life. I know some things happen by chance, and some things happen because we make them happen. And sometimes we make them happen because we want to say fuck continuity. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Tula Neal. And this week, we're going all the way back to 2011, to a time when DC was like, hey, I don't like this decades upon decades of baggage that Superman carries around with him. And yeah, it's been a few years since we've done a complete reboot. Let's do another one all again. Let's do the new 52. But how do we do it? Well, we have ourselves an event. This week we're talking about Flashpoint, soon to be a motion picture. So, Petula, back in 2011, did you save yourself from not reading this? I thought I hadn't, but then I saw a skinny Superman. I'm like, oh, I remember this. And it, it kind of, the whole situation, we'll get into it when we talk about it. But it was a time where it was real spaghetti at the wall kind of mm. moment for DC. And even within this run, it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then a lot of, well, that seems unnecessary. <laughs> so yeah. it was, I'm going to call this one uneven, but weirdly compelling of all of their kind of things that they were doing during the spaghetti period, which yeah. ar- arguably could be continuing today, depending on your point of view. Right, of course. Now, when this happened, I was still back in like the first 18 months of Geek Hard. So that was a time when we were trying to like cover everything on the show. So comics included. And the new 52 was coming. And so, of course, we both, myself and Mr. Green, picked up copies of Flashpoint to read it. And I remember at the time being resentful towards the fact that I had to read it. Mainly because by that point, I was pretty much like it was ingrained into me that I hated event books, that event books were always just a cash cow, that they weren't worth the time. I did not read any of the supplemental material that went along with this series. And it's a good thing I didn't because when I went and checked, if you read all the miniseries that connected and the tie-in books, that was 61 issues over four months. So I'm glad I didn't do that. But I did read the five issues of Flashpoint. At the time, I wasn't really digging it. Going back to it, it was sort of like, ah, this is is uneven, but it's interesting. And I already know what the ending's going to be, so that's not going to really mess me up. So it was a much easier experience knowing what I was getting into this time. So I guess I agree with you in the sense that, yeah, there was was moments of, oh, a lot of moments of, eh. It was an oh eh kind of experience. Yeah, and even for like what they did with some of the characters in this, I was like much more of, you know, the whole Squadron Supreme. Like if I wanted evil versions of like my DC type people, I had Squadron Supreme for that. <laughs> like no judgment. I'm just like, let's just go all the way there. And that's where... I think this was like, it was like a happy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Before we get any further, just, of course, want to mention the creative team that was behind this, written by Jeff Johns, with art by Andy Kubert, 
inks by Sandra Hope and colors by Alex Sinclair. So just getting it out of the way before we get into this story, regardless of what I think of the story, artwork was beautiful. That was some stunning artwork because, again, it's Andy Kubert. The dude knows how to make a compelling comic book. And he might have been why I even gave this a chance. Was this after some of that Logan Wolverine origin origin stuff would have been? Oh, yeah. So those beautiful sepia covers and whatnot, all that good, good, good stuff. I think that was if I saw his name on something, I probably would have given a little looky loo. Although if memory serves, did I originally get my Marvel Unlimited around 2011? Give or take listener i'm old so here's the thing i again i don't i'm not all in on marvel but it was very much like i would still go in pick up things especially at the og like original silver cell location especially if i recognize a name or like an art style i like but i was definitely more on the marvel tip and again dc doing this at this time and the way they did it it very much felt like you're rearranging the chairs from out from under me Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not really a musical chairs kind of gal, you know? Yeah. Bringing in an artist like Andy Kubert with a, a good backup team like this, Andrew Hope, Alex Sinclair, that, of course, was one notch in its belt. That's one plus that I will put towards this series. But getting into the story itself. So the idea is Barry Allen wakes up, and it's not the universe he remembers. His mother is alive. He doesn't have the speed force. He is not tapped into the speed force. And the heroes of the DC universe are either changed or not even there. So Barry knows something's wrong. And so he goes on a mission to try to find out what is happening. Now, during this time, we find out that Cyborg is basically this universe's Superman. He is the biggest hero And Batman is still around, but it's not the Batman you know, because in this universe, little Bruce Wayne died in Crime Alley, and his father became Batman. Now, you'd have to read a side uh, miniseries to find out what his mother became, which was the Joker, but in this story, that's not really touched upon. But yeah, so those are like your main building blocks of the story, and over in Europe, All-out war is happening between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Atlantis is attacking the Earth, and New Themyscira has taken over what used to be Great Britain. And that is where most of the war is happening, right at the top of the Atlantic. And by the end of it, you realize that it's because Aquaman and Wonder Woman used to fuck. That's really when you break down why the war is happening. At the end of it, they used to fuck. And, well, and and his wife got murdered. Yeah, but that happened after. That it's happened after they fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it started with them fucking. Yeah, but it, it really hurt his follow. feelings that the person he used to fuck murdered his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't well, just any old villain. It yeah. was like, but girl, yeah, but girl, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. I, I. You know what? I think I'd be upset too if an ex girlfriend murdered my wife. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be, yeah. But then again. What was his wife doing there? She was probably trying to murder his ex-girlfriend. So don't start now. Won't be none. There you go. There you go. Also, sidebar back to Dr. Thomas Wayne. It's a real nature nurture thing. I guess Bruce would, whether his parents lived or not, always would have had a little touch of the vigilante justice in him. 
it's like all it takes is one murder in crime alley and again why are we leaving theaters and side doors in a neighborhood that has a crime alley but whatever especially when you're rich like when you're wearing rich clothing in a lower neighborhood it's like i'm sorry if i'm a homeless person I'm going to ta- I'm going to take you out too cuz I need money. You know, well, it's like you're <laughs> out with your kids at night even, you know, Lestard, we're we're not going to get into like a gentrification or like against the poor's kind of thing and crime and class. However, I'll say even visiting Jamaica as a child, we were told by relatives who live there. It's like you can walk across like this Parker Field in the daytime to come visit us. We'll give you a ride home to go back. It's not. There's just this is a common sense thing. All that to say, Bruce came by it naturally. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And uh Cyborg, of course, his whole mission in this story is that he's trying to bring all of the superheroes in North America together to work on a united front and stop the war, stop both the Atlanteans and the Themyscarans from warring in Europe. I love his recruiting approach. He casts a much wider net, much less picky than we look at the sort of audition and, you know, jumping in process that the Justice League or the Justice Society. He's just like, you've got a power. You know what? We're going to skip the psychological profile for some of you. (laughs) (laughs) Knock if you buck. If you're ready to go, like, we need these hands. So let's just go. I don't care if everybody thinks you're crazy. Yeah. You're on my team. There yeah. you go. Love it. No judgment. Like he's a much more diverse team is all I'm saying. If Cyborg was in charge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So Barry Allen has had to make his way to Gotham because he thinks if anybody can figure out what's happening to me, it's Batman. That's where he finds out it's Thomas Wayne. And then he and Batman and Cyborg work together to try to find out, dude, where's my heroes? Sort of thing. What happened to the Superman guy that you talk about? I've never heard of this guy. Or like, oh, you say you have the speed of light, but uh, like the speed force, but how come you can't run that fast? Okay, I guess I'll help you get that. And it leads to, yeah, it leads to some fun adventure beats. Yeah. That, oh, that- but we did we skip over the no safe word, how do I get my powers back in uh, Dr. Wayne's uh, dungeon of experimentation? Yeah, yeah. They kind of... <laughs> Hey, Barry needs some electricity. He needs it. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. My healing will take care of it. So you could like fry the skin off my body while we try. What I also like is that Batman had an electric chair just lying around. Like that's so many questions. (laughs) Again, Bruce came by it naturally. If anything, he's the same Wayne, which who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. My God. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So a bunch of fun experiments. That kind of reminded me of the first season of Heroes. The cheerleader, of course, remember all of her little experiments? Kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, her her self-tape, like yeah. throwing herself off the water towers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good crunching sounds. It was possibly my favorite part <laughs> of this whole run. You know, his mummy look with just like bits, just crispy bits kind of flapping around off of... <laughs> <laughs> and also you know dr thomas wayne like clearly we know the minute he left crime alley the hippocratic oath kind of went out the back door but yeah. it was a good time it was a good time and as a trinity i kind of love the idea of like you know new skin berry 
red-eyed Thomas Wayne and Cyborg as an alternative to our OG Trinity. So it, it that it uneven is it has like some real fun weird highs. Yeah. And then a lot of mid and then some why in the lows. But even when it's doing not great stuff, it always looks good. No, totally. And throughout the story, Barry is convinced that the person who's behind all of this, behind the mystery of why he's in this alternate universe, he believes that Ebod Thon is behind it. Of course, the reverse flash. Now, Ebod Thon, yeah, he's around. He, show, he makes his presence known in the third act of the story, but he also gives the big reveal to Barry. And I'm going to say right now to people listening, if you have not read the story and would like to go into the Flashpoint movie, which I'm pretty sure that they're going to do this beat because they have two berries to do it with, please just uh, just stop and you can listen to the rest of this after the fact. But for those of you that already know, Barry is the villain of this story. Barry's the big bad. And that was a, that was a beat that I thought was like, okay, that's interesting. That's That's new. Because, you know, when you think it's a good mirror to, like, the 1980s with uh, Christ on Infinite Earth, where Barry sacrificed himself to help save the universe. Here, he basically destroyed the universe out of selfishness because he just wanted this thing back. Love. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it's a blade that cuts both ways. Love without consequence, though, is selfish. Yeah. There you go. And if you've watched any of the TV Flash stuff, they also did this beat there a couple of times at least, but definitely like this exact like, oopsie, tried to keep my mom alive. And it was in the challenge that we constantly, me personally, but I'd say, well, we, not everyone, hashtag not all comic movie fans have with some of the movie things is we don't get the time to care about them as much. So when they did it on TV, like, you know, the, the TV flash, adorable, charming. You've spent many seasons on it at this point. So before he does something like this, you're all in on this kid. Mm. Whereas I don't know how they're going to sell my emotional connection, my like empathy for the bad Barry choice in the movie and make me be like, oh, pup, like you just wanted your mom back. And also just in the comic book, I feel like I would have liked a little more before he ran off because he realized the world was all bollocked up, like just, you know, brunch with mom, like hanging out, like he never gets to enjoy it. You know, well, he goes and he tells his mom and his mom is sort of like, well, we had this. Yeah. Uh, now you got to do what, what you think is right, son. So I guess in a way they did have that time. We just didn't see it. Yeah. And the other thing, but the other thing as well is that, for people that weren't reading Flash at the time or had not read Flash for the past couple of years, the big reveal that Ebon Thawn had explained to Flash about how I killed your mother and that's why Barry did all this, it has to be explained in two pages of exposition that mm -hmm. just seem really out of place in the middle of a battle. Because it's happening directly in the middle of this big fight. Two Flashes are standing there having a chit-chat and I know they can go super fast, but at the same time, it's like, that's a lot of exposition for two pages. Yeah. So yeah. To, yeah. To me, that was the first big deflation, even though I liked the reasoning to then explain everything I was like, Ooh, okay. So if I didn't know this before, this would be kind of jarring. Like I should be feeling righteous anger 
and frustration and whatever. Yes, Barry did a bad thing. However, getting schooled by the person who's way, way worse. It's like, sir, you have some nerve talking to me about bad choices. Yeah. So it's just, ironically, since it's a flash story, a bit rushed. Uh, (laughs) And I feel like, unfortunately, like so many DC things, they honestly do the best job of all of the characters with the Batman version. Here in you as a, a professional Batman, not lover, I'm not going to say hater, but not lover. What did you think of this? Bat- I was really curious about what you think of Dr. T Batman. I think Thomas Wayne in this kind of shows that he's a little more emotional than Bruce was, a little bit more disheveled. It's very obvious that he carries around all that guilt and everything. I think the problem with Batman is that Batman tries to, the suppression of his guilt is kind of, almost presented as like a good thing in Batman comics. Like that's one of the major problems I have with it because this guy, well, I'm perfect because of it. It's like, no, no, you'd, you'd be really fucked up. And I like it more when somebody shows like, Hey, I'm fucked up. Whereas in the Bruce Wayne, Batman stories, writers write it like this happened and it's a good thing that he's this way. So much to the point that anytime he's supposed to have a moment of happiness, other characters decide for him. No, no, the world needs a fucked up person like you to save it. I'm going to go now. And it's like, to me, it's just pisses me off because I go, no, no, that Bruce has the, the ultimate chance to finally have a moment of clarity and to fix himself. And you're taken away from it. You can still write Batman comics after this. If you make him a human being this year, he's an angry, belligerent, very much of a curmudgeon human being. But Thomas Wayne in the, the five issues here is more of a human being than Bruce Wayne is presented in the Batman comics. That was so intellectual. I was just thinking, I just want to fix Bad Daddy and make him feel better. But... <laughs> well, of course you're going to find Thomas Wayne hot because he's a Bad Daddy. I get it. Yeah. He's a Bad Daddy. He just tosses people off roofs. And that's all we've ever really wanted Batman to do sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah, they slipped. Yeah, I, I they, really They like tend that. to slip a lot. They tend to mm-hmm. slip a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, at least he uses the same alley. He gives Cyborg a chance. Yeah. <laughs> to save the people yeah. he's throwing off the building. Yeah. 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 You can say you're watched by it. Like, but Cyborg can't always be there because yeah. he is he's the Superman of this world, but he does not have the same kind of speed and hyper awareness of Superman. So he does have to override his ethics, uh, his hacking ethics protocol to participate in the big adventure. And they're like, well, you could just find out what's going on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why we have to like go investigate and break into stuff. Like, Ooh. but then of yeah. course, again, this kind of also does follow with the trend of uh, a black hero has to do twice as much as a white hero. Superman, it's easy as hell to be like the big superstar. Like a cyborg has to work overtime and get no thanks for it. Yeah, but he he's doing the work. I love this for him. Reading this. And then knowing what happened with their whole film universe, it's a real bummer because it kind of makes you wonder what this could have been for the movies. But as they've been, you know, dropping their previous iteration of characters like Bodies on the Wire, it's just uh, sigh. Potential, potential. But who knows? Maybe it will make for a better movie because they won't have to deal with this many people. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because that is one challenge with this book, y'all. It's like, it's kind of like when you're 
a kid and you first start reading above your reading level and you have to stop to look up words in the dictionary, there's like too many characters in this. Just just way too many. So mm-hmm. you can just like read through it and not know who a chunk of the, you know, side panel folks are. Or you could like stop like, who's that? What are they? What's their normal? Like, and to your point, what was their whole side story that was going on in the world at this time? Or you could just be like, I'm just going to focus on the people I know, which you can do mm. and not get too fussed about all of the extras. Yeah, no, definitely. Also, um, this Barry, no whimsy at all. And then, like, not every speedster is a jokester, but there's usually at least like a yuck or two. So, yeah, no, Barry Allen in the comics for the most part is a square. Yeah. Um, he, he kind of just your typical do gooder hero. Um, who also takes everything really seriously. In the comics at this time, he'd only been brought back into continuity maybe like three or four years before this, maybe as much as five with Flash Rebirth. And it was because Jeff Johns really wanted Barry Allen back. Yet we had a perfectly good Wally West doing his thing, which was great. But no, they had to bring back Barry Allen. And then Barry Allen has to be all like, very, oh, I, I got to fix this. Mm-hmm. With no real kind of fun or whimsy, as you said in this yeah. story, Barry Allen is kind of boring to me. Yeah, the, biggest, the funniest the, part was him falling down the stairs because he didn't realize he wasn't a speedster. Yeah, the most <laughs> interesting things about Barry Allen are like the times he's died in the comics. That's really that's what he's best known for. Really, it's like, damn. So you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, the one thing I definitely want to talk about here is the end of the series, which. Like, again, I put it out here, even in this episode, I put it out many times, I hate event books because it's never about telling a coherent story. It's about selling the next big thing or setting up the next big thing. An event book usually never has a satisfying ending. And so here, while Barry does accomplish his objective of resetting the timeline, eh, they really want to show that like, we're making changes to the new 52 so they kind of present this character who I believe is called Pandora, not sure, who is there to help Barry reset the timeline and put things in place. So there's a couple of pages of Barry running around and this Pandora character going, I'm going to help you. And it's very, it has a deus ex machina feeling to it. It's kind of like, bam, there you go. Magical lady (laughs) showed up and helped you fix everything. And now you're back in your timeline. Things are slightly changed, but not enough for you to notice. It's like, eh. But on the other side, the redeeming ending is we do get to see a moment of Bruce's humanity. Which was so great. That was was my favorite part of the reset was him getting that letter from his daddy. Yes. Which, of course, we see a lot of the letter from his father as caption points throughout the series. But we don't know that it's the actual letter that's given to his son we think, oh, this is like some kind of like Punisher word journal type thing that uh, Thomas Wayne keeps. Mm-hmm. But at the end, you, you realize that like, oh, no, those were parts of the letter. And it's kind of like him basically saying to his son that he's proud of him and everything like that. And Bruce sheds a tear and he thanks Barry. And I enjoyed it because, yes, Batman got to be a human in that moment, which contrary to what people try to tell me, doesn't happen as often as you think. Also, there is like a super gorgeous double wide of you know, when Barry's running through the time stream, like resetting things, he thinks back to normal. Yeah. And you get a bunch of different versions of 
the heroes and what the team makeup looks like. And it's just gorgeous. It is just straight up beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And some of these teams, again, it's like they're playing with you. They're almost taunting you like, oh, you could have a team with this makeup, that makeup, whatever. And it's like, we know you're going to do it anyway. You're eventually going to probably do all of these. You're not going to go to the trouble of drawing these if you're not going to eventually try to monetize every bit of this beautiful panel. It looks great, but it's also like, oh, oh no. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you put this much thought into it. Eventually, some or all of this will happen. Although I do like the version where it's like more ladies where you've got like a what looks like a barbara gordon and a supergirl and there's no superman and there's like a batman in a mech suit and you have what looks like a hal also do we want to talk about the shazam at all or just like skip it well we can just quickly touch on the shazam so in this world shazam is basically all of the kids got the powers they each got a separate power. One got the wisdom of Solomon. One got the strength of Hercules. One got all that. Stuff. And so when they say Shazam, they all become the character together. So they all disappear and they're just one. Yeah. And, and Shazam's a little more hardcore. Yeah. No, I got kind of like um, Marvel Man, Miracle Man vibes off of uh, off of this version of Shazam, mm-hmm. which I think they call Captain Thunder in this. Yeah. Yeah, Captain Thunder. And uh, yeah, it's like he's got the battle scars from when he fought with Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman basically burned his face. And so he's really got an axe to grind. He's He wants to show up on Themyscira, New Themyscira's doorstep and start some shit. That's what he wants to do. And the team kind of knows this. And so when they're in their regular forms, they're all like, yeah, we got her really bad the last time we faced Wonder Woman. Maybe we should sit this one out because, you know, Captain Thunder, he's he's not going to be happy. He's going to be like, let's <laughs> yeah. go fuck some shit up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very separate entity. It's not our friendly Billy boy. Yeah. It's kind of more of big. the traditional, the traditional take on how the original Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, shares the space with Billy in that original version in this story. When they swap out with them, they can all see what Captain Thunder is doing with Captain Thunder X's own separate mm-hmm. identity. Yeah. So, like, interesting ideas that were explored through multiple miniseries that I did not read. And uh, the result was, it was like, hey, here's a crazy alternative version of a bunch of characters, you know, to set up the crazy resetting of the timeline, which will give us a number of alternative versions of characters we know, and a couple of them will get to keep their continuity. Basically, yeah. we'll see what sells. Yeah, basically, yeah. we'll see what sells. And it's sort of like, okay, so once this miniseries wraps up, Grant Morrison, you get to tell your Superman with a blankie and jeans story. Uh, Jeff Johns, you'll still get to write the stories you want to write. Um, Scott Snyder, you get, you still get to write Batman the way he is, and he gets to keep all of his continuity. But everybody else, big reset. Yeah. And as we all know, the biggest reset only was stuck around for five years, and then we got another big reset. Thanks, DC. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's if you like any Flash things, it's not a bad run to read. It It is beautiful. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of kind of shocking fun visuals. Again, Skinny Superman still gives me the, the icks of just, oh my goodness, like, what if he landed in the wrong place and the government got him and he never saw the sun? Like that's that's a real bummer. 
That is a real bummer. Yeah. But again, in other stories, we have a version of like, you know, the Superman, but raised by the government that I think they do a little bit better, but whatever. It's cool. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Story fine. Visuals. Great. Yeah. Yeah, Again, is how I would rate this. Yeah. The artwork is amazing in this. The uh, colors by Alex and Claire. Great. Sandra Hope really makes Annie Kubert's lines pop. Some fantastic artwork. Story itself, a little lacking, but a fun ride with a very kind of choppy ending. That's what yeah. I'd say. And, and great, great looks for Cyborg. Good times. Yeah. If you're a Cyborg fan, this is definitely a book to check out because Cyborg gets some love in this series. Uh, and I but- get a little Etrigan. I know you're not an Etrigan like Stan. I was but- happy that it was only two pages of Etrigan. That's yeah. it. Just two pages and then no more. And then, of course, a surprise appearance from Grifter. That was when they decided, hey, we're going to start working in the Wildstorm characters into DC continuity. And uh, so Grifter was the first one to be like, bloop, there he is. Yeah, spaghetti. Spaghetti at the wall. There you yeah. go. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, would you say, as you so you're saying, it's not necessarily something you need to read, but if you're, if you're a fan of The Flash, maybe check it out? Yes and no. I feel like this is almost, if you ever want to get in, even as a passive observer to hold your own in any kind of like nerd debate, especially as this movie's coming up, maybe give this a look just as it's not required reading, but it's like a really good backgrounder. Like, did I ever really need to try to read the Cimmerillion? No. Did I try multiple times? Sure. It's kind of like that, (laughs) but a lot easier to get through than that. So I don't compare it. Yeah. yeah 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 this is only five issues yes yeah so, you know. yeah yeah um as i said back in 2011 i read this kicking and screaming i wasn't a major fan rereading it i can see for what it is and see that it's fun and not really care but i still wouldn't recommend it like i don't even think you need to read it before you see the movie since they've made enough changes from this story in the movie that they they feel with the exception of the idea of like oh this is not barry's timeline Mm-hmm. And oh, my mom's alive. Everything else is kind of tweaked, changed, or thrown out. So you don't really need to read this if you don't want to. If but you're it's really real curious, it's real pretty. Yeah, if you're curious, there'll be some great pictures for you to check out. Some very pretty pictures. Yeah, maybe if it goes on sale, like before the movie comes out. Sometimes they do like a reduced price on digital right before movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe add it to your wish list on the site I shall not name. And see if there's a price drop right before it comes out. Or if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is free right now. Probably because. Who knows? If they'll keep it at that price point. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So there you go. You got some options to check it out if you want to check it out. Um, But you don't really have to if you don't want to. (laughs) We're coming to the end of this week's episode of Action Bloodbath. Petula, where can people find you? At Antif.com on Twitter. Hi, TikTok, Spatable, at Obesa Kantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. It just keeps going up an octave every time. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, you can find everything I do over at uh, geekcardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekcard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post a new episode every week. But the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And it does not matter what universe you're in, 
we'll be there. So do it. And also, whatever universe you're in, let your let your friends know, in whatever form they may come in, that back is your bloodbath is a good time. This has been back is your bloodbath. I'm an Andrew Young. I'm Antonio. Have yourself a good. <laughs>